You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively and you can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going and you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we have David Maxwell joining us from Launceston, and he's continuing his series, Reflecting Jesus. Welcome, David. Hi, Jason. How are you today? Good, thanks. I'm uh, I'm very well, actually. How are you? Yeah, good. Yeah, very well, thanks. Awesome. It's been a busy time of year, but uh, it's... Mm. Uh, it's still good to be here and good to be on air. So, David, each uh, time when we start our program, you like to share something, and I know you've been sharing uh, stories of blessing in your life, and uh, you've got something lined up for us today. Yes, yes. Today I, I want to look at the blessings of busyness. Um, you know, in, in our Christian walk, uh, things can often get very, very busy. Doesn't doesn't sound like a blessing, David. <laughs> look, it doesn't at the time. At the, at the time, it's quite draining. <clears throat> and it can it can cause stress, it can cause anxiety, it can cause a lot of things. But often when we look back, we see the benefit in it, mm. um, whether it's uh, learning how to deal with pressure, whether it's learning how to be better organised, many different things, uh, or, or maybe just the blessing of seeing people come to Christ, and that was what this was. My first one of one of my first churches assigned after I'd left college was a very very busy church, and it was a blessing, a real blessing in the end. At the time, I didn't think so. There was there was about twenty programs they would run a year, wow. and that that's a lot of programs. That's a lot. But <laughs> when you consider they had a health program that went for six weeks and an evangelistic program that went for 12 weeks they were two of those those programs mm. um, the other it wasn't 20 it was i think it was 14 sorry the other 12 programs would run outside of that so out of out of the year 20 weeks were taken up with two programs mm. and the other 30 odd weeks were taken up with 12 or 13 other programs so mm. almost every second week a program was running but during that 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 evangelistic program section, you know, that twelve weeks, I can remember many weeks when I'd be up at four o'clock in the morning, on a Saturday morning, just reviewing everything that had been prepared for the day, then going and spending time at church uh, in the afternoon with an afternoon program, getting an hour or so to come back home and change clothes or, or grab some other things for the evening, then going back in the evening, running an evangelistic series with dinner and then coming back and collapsing in bed about 10 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And it was exhausting, absolutely exhausting. But when I look back, I see such a blessing that it was. Even at the time, I recognised such a blessing that it was. Now, that's not healthy to do that on a you know, a long period. Mm. <laughs> it's not good for your health. However, short periods, when you see how God can work as you just become a servant and, and, and a, um, an instrument in his hands. It is an incredible blessing to watch many, many people coming to Jesus because, um, partly because of people's effort, of course, it's the Holy Spirit that does the work and God does the work and, and we're, just, we're just the instruments. However, it's, it's so rewarding to see the uh, results of that. And that's been a huge, a huge blessing in my Christian life. Um, and, and I've appreciated um, churches that have those seasons of busyness. As I said, it's not, it's not healthy to be like that 
you know, all through the year. You've got to have seasons of having a break. Even Jesus took his disciples aside mm-hmm. and they rested when they didn't even have time to eat. And there's been times in my in my ministerial life that I've I've witnessed that kind of busyness. But, you know, someone said to me just the other day, pastors, they work so hard on Sabbath, they don't get a rest. Well, I have to dispute it because on the Sabbath, I get the kind of rest, I get the kind of spiritual renewal that I don't get any other day of the week. And I know people get that as well. Mm. Members get that as well. But I personally feel that renewal. I feel God's presence as we start the Sabbath. And I feel something different as we close the Sabbath and we go into the normal or the normality of the rest of the week. But working hard for God is so rewarding. And I can remember... Go on, you were going to say something? Yeah, I was just going to say that uh, I, I, I have a habit of being busy. And uh, I think the key is, isn't it, that um, we're doing that in, um, I guess, under the the guidance and uh, the power of the Holy Spirit rather than mm-hmm. in, in our own strength. Because I know for that's me, right. sometimes I end up uh, being busy but uh, doing it in my own strength and that's when it comes unstuck. Yeah, and that's mm. when it becomes very hard on your health and, mm. and, uh, and your, mental, your mental health as well. Mm. I can remember getting in the font with someone a pastor was very wise in that I'd studied with this man all the way through um, from start to finish and brought him and prepared him to to give his life to Jesus and he he said come and join him in the font with me so we I have to say we both baptized him together but I mean I'm not I wasn't a qualified uh, Bible worker or, or, or minister at the time, but he allowed me to have a part in that. Mm. You know, that invigorated me to get out there and share the gospel with someone else. Mm. <laughs> it was just powerful, really powerful. It's also uh, amazing, isn't it, that um, that God gives every Christian, every follower of him, a purpose in, in and, a, and a part in that in that job of sharing the uh, the gospel, sharing the, in that process, the word, yeah. in that process of bringing uh, others to know Him, He really does. Yeah, uh, David, have you got a uh, a question for our listeners today? Oh, I really do. I do um, today. Uh, what I thought uh, as we as we're looking at um, we're looking at this second part of the um, really the, the the blessing the blessing of uh, what it what it means to live a better life we're looking at the second part of those, that that topic today i would i would wonder if anyone would care to comment on the differences they've seen in their life between their life before becoming a christian and their life after being a christian mm. you know i've i had so many differences in my life and to me the big difference was the lack of loneliness after becoming a Christian. But I'd love to hear what other people have to, to have to share. Yeah. Text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Have you experienced differences in your life from before and after becoming a Christian? Now of course last week we our series was or our program was called A Better Life, part one. This is uh, today is a better life forever. So I guess this is part two. And, uh, but you can go back and have a listen to all of our past episodes on the Faith FM website. That's faithfm.com.au. Uh, or also you can get the Faith FM app. If you've got a phone or a tablet, you can download the Faith FM Australia app. Go to the App Store, search for Faith FM Australia, 
and download that and that allows you to listen to our live programs but also our past programs so if you're in an area that uh, the radio signal is not so good the the app is a great way to listen to faith fm so mm. we encourage you to to get that we might uh, go to a break unless you've got something to say before we do well, yeah, maybe maybe I will share. Uh, seeing we have a couple of minutes, maybe yeah. I'll share some of the differences that I've had in my life from, from being uh, un, non-connected to God, unconnected to God. I guess disconnected is probably the correct English word mm. um, to being connected. Um, before before I became a Christian, I I had a lot of loneliness. I didn't have a lot of uh, friends. I had I could probably count them on one hand. So there were no. I had a few really close friends, and, and many people are like that. They have a lot of people they know, but there's a few close friends. Mm. But I found there were times when, when I look back now, I see that I there were times of serious depression. I remember those suicidal thinking, you know, and I recognize it now. I didn't recognize it at the time. You know, I, I was at that point where I would often, I had a, a, a V8, I would drive very fast on the roads. I don't recommend that to anyone, by the way. And, and, and I can remember just looking at trucks going the other way thinking, you know, it wouldn't take much to end this loneliness. Mm. Fortunately, I'm still here. I didn't follow any of those through, but I can remember that thinking. I can remember feeling isolated, often fearful, self Dependent. That was a big one for me. I, I took up um, karate as self-defense because I felt defenseless, I guess. Mm. And so I needed to defend myself. Once I became a Christian, you know, things didn't become automatically perfect and life changed so fantastically. Yes, it did change. It, but it took away my loneliness. It took away my depression. It gave me hope. It gave me future. I didn't feel isolated, even on my own. You know, the fear disappeared. I can't explain that, except that the Bible says perfect love drives out fear. That's the only way I can explain it. I no longer needed to do self-defense because I put my life in God's hands. Mm. And whatever happened, happened. Mm. And, and I still feel that today. So, you know, this this joyful, complete, fulfilled, purposeful, hopeful and expectant life is what I experienced in the change. I still had problems. I still had trouble. I still had, you know, challenges. That didn't go away, but I had hope along the way. That, for me, was the big difference. I'd love to hear if anyone else had the same. Yeah, text us in. Uh, differences that you've experienced in your life from before you became a Christian to after you became a Christian, we'd love to hear from you. 0488 This is a Pilgrim song by Clearly Hines. May my life declare the honour of I'd be lying if I say I'm not lonely Living in a world where I don't belong I see trouble and pain all around me A place of darkness where I becomes wrong But I'm glad that I am
Listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and today we're t- speaking with David Maxwell from Launceston, and we're talking about the topic of a better life. And this is uh, the second part of this series, which is a better life forever. Now, before the break, we did ask you a question: if you would be willing to share with us differences that you've experienced in your life between before being a Christian and after being uh, becoming a Christian. We'd love to hear from you. 0488880891. Text us in your response to that. So David, uh, we're looking at this uh, this topic today on your series Reflecting Jesus and uh, I guess we need to start getting into that and unpack it a bit. 
Mm, yeah, thanks, Jason. So, look, as I look at this topic today, I'd like to dig a bit deeper into the kind of life God wants for us. So, as I said before the break, um, we, we looked at what, what, what he wants for us physically, and last week we looked at uh, that a little bit. Uh, and, and what I want to share more on today is what he wants for us spiritually. So, yes, we looked at last week the physicality of his desire for us to live healthier, longer, better, all of that sort of thing. But if we just live longer in this life, what point is that? And so we're going to look at that today. First, I'd like to pray for us, and then I'd like to read this passage in Ecclesiastes. So uh, let me pray for our listeners today. Thanks. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that we have your word. And as we read it today, Lord, we pray that you would open it to us and give us understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the text I would like us to read today is in the New Living Translation, uh, and it's Ecclesiastes 3, 9 to 22. Would you mind reading that for us, Jason? Yeah, sure. It says, What do people really get for all their hard work? I've seen the burden God has placed on us all, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart, but even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. So I concluded there is nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labour, for these are gifts from God. And I know that whatever God does is final. Nothing can be added to it or taken from it. God's purpose is that people should fear him. What is happening now has happened before, and what has happened in the what will happen in the future has happened before, because God makes the same things happen over and over again. I also noticed that under the sun there is evil in the courtroom. Yes, even the courts of law are corrupt. I said to myself, in due season God will judge everyone, both good and bad, for all their deeds. I also thought about the human condition, how God proves to people that they are like animals, for people and animals share the same fate, both breathe and both must die. So people have no real advantage over animals. How meaningless. Both go to the same place. They came from dust and they return to dust. For who can prove that the human spirit goes up and the spirit of animals goes down into the earth? So I saw that there is nothing better for people than to be happy in their work. That is our lot in life, and no one can bring us back to see what happens after we die. Sounds a bit oh. miserable. <laughs> oh, I have to sigh after that. I have to think, what was going on with King Solomon? <laughs> he, he was probably uh, facing death, perhaps not too far away or something. Look, it sounds depressing. You're mm. right. You're right. But what I love, I picked out a text, a part of that text that I really loved. And we'll come back to some of that meaningless talk in a moment. But we'll also come back to this where he says he has planted eternity in the human heart. Mm. That's powerful. Mm. You know, we often we often talk about, and we'll come back to this, as I said in a moment, you know, we often talk about how um, we have this will for survival, and it's really, really strong. You know, when people have the choice of living or dying, they fight to live, often. They fight to live, and, and I see that in so many people. We'll come back to that. Mm. Um, but mostly people recognise that life is short, and thanks for reading that. <clears throat> There's many people who have stated memorable quotes. I found just a few I'd like to share this morning. Elon Musk once said, Life is too short for long-term grudges. I like that. 
Sarah Louise, um, you might not know who she is. That's okay. We don't need to explain that. You can look it up. Uh, Sarah Louise said, life is short. It's up to you to make it sweet. Mm. That's really nice. Audrey Hepburn, and many people know Audrey Hepburn. She said, forgive quickly, kiss slowly, love truly, laugh uncontrollably, and never regret anything that made you smile. Steve Jobs, you know Steve Jobs, the founder of Apple. Yes. He said, your time is limited. Now, you have to think about Steve Jobs and his life. He died early in life, really. Your time is limited. Don't waste it on living someone else's life. Don't be trapped by dogma, which is living with the results of other people's thinking. When you think of where he came from, what he did, anyone who understands who he was and what he did in his life and how he separated from from um, um, the founder of Microsoft and he, he started his own company, you, this makes sense. It's a really sensible quote. Karl Marx, he said, after all, life is too short to be anything but happy. And finally, Mother Teresa said, life is an opportunity benefit from it life is beauty admire it life is a dream realize it so there are many people who have had a really positive outlook on life perhaps it's because they've achieved something more positive during their life either by helping others or choosing what they focus on because that can make a big difference mm-hmm. either way there are just as many perhaps more people who haven't caught that vision and they're very short-sighted in their life's vision so if you take example, for example, uh, King Solomon, as we mentioned earlier, he was meant to be the wisest man who ever lived, yet he said some pretty depressing things, <laughs> a- he, as we read. He did, he did. <laughs> it, it was, it's a challenge. So regardless of what people might think life is all about, does the Bible have anything more positive to say about the purpose of this life or what's in store for us? And that's what we want to dig into. So when you firstly look at Solomon as an example, I just want to use three examples from the Bible. When you look at King Solomon, he was, he was not only the wisest person, one of the wisest people who ever lived in the ancient world, he was also one of the richest. He had everything at his fingertip and, 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 and wealth beyond um, belief in his day, that is. Um, in 1 Kings ten fourteen to 15, it tells us that the minimum amount of gold that Solomon earned each year, the minimum amount, was 666 talents. Now, that's an interesting number that I'm not going to dig into today, but 666 talents of gold every year. Looking at the weight of what a talent was in today's gold prices, that equates to around about one and a half billion dollars of today's money per year Mm. that is a lot of money in today's understanding it was a lot of money in their understanding yet earning all of this and having access to so much wealth and glory solomon says everything is meaningless completely meaningless Mm. (laughs) what do people get for all their hard work under the sun in future generations no one will remember what we are doing now Sounds like Solomon's having a midlife crisis. Mm. Clearly, riches don't guarantee happiness or satisfaction in life. Job is another Bible character. Had a lot to say about life um, and and what happened. And you you might agree, and I think for good reason. Job might have had good reason to complain. Um, you know, he lost everything unfairly, and it was no fault of his own. He loses everything in one day, including all his children. You know, his posterity for the future. And although distraught, he says this notable quote, I came naked from my mother's womb, and I'll be naked when I leave. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. Notice it wasn't God who took it away, but that's what he thought. Mm. He didn't know that. Mm. 
so clearly, Job had satisfaction in life outside of what he physically owned. Quite a different picture to King Solomon. Paul also had something to say about this, and as he writes to the Corinthian church on hope, faith, um, in this life, he says, And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless, and you are still guilty in your sins. In that case, all who've died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope is in Christ only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. That sounds pretty depressing. It sure does. It It really does. does. Um, In fact, hopelessness is a big issue in our world today. Hopelessness and severe depression have been identified as not the only, of course, but leading causes of suicide today. Mm. It seems when people lose hope, they often lose their reason to live. I'm interested there, um, David, in that passage that says, if Christ has Mm. not been raised, so then your faith is useless. So, of course, it's dependent on that. But, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I wanted to share, you know, a, a time when I was uh, going through a very difficult, dark time in my life. And, and uh, you know, I, I find that that those Bible passages and those promises, you know, God um, gives us a promise about, I think it's about temptation that says he won't give us things that mm-hmm. we can't get through and he provides a way out. Some mm-hmm. of those things stuck in my mind and kept me, going through those really dark times but i guess when people lose all sense of hope it's a complex issue isn't it that um, people choose to end their lives it's a very sad issue when people choose to end their own life yeah it really is it really is but you know some people say you can live without food for quite some time and it's true but there's other people who have said you can't live without hope you know when people lose that grip on what they're looking forward to what keeps them alive yeah it it can be a real challenge Mm. but I'm sure there's more to the story, and we're going to dig more into that after the break. Mm. Would anyone love to share with us, like to share with us uh, the differences that you've experienced between your life before becoming a Christian and afterwards? We'd love to hear from you. Text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. We've got a free book offer coming up. Um, remember that number or you can text us in a code that we'll give you a bit later the book of us called Steps to Personal Revival Being Filled with the Holy Spirit we'll give you more information about that book a bit later right now this is It Is Done by Savannah Ellis Crucified by hands and hearts and voices he had made Sacrificed by those he came to rescue, came to save. Forgiveness trampled over sin now and forever it is finished. God of light ran into the scathing arms of death. Gave his life, swallowed all my shame and paid my debt. Forgiveness trampled over sin now and forever it is finished. It is done forever. 
program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tessie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're speaking with David Maxwell on the series Reflecting Jesus. David's talking about a better life forever today. So that sounds pretty good. We have been talking about some, uh, I guess, not so happy things at the moment, but we're going to get to the good stuff. But uh, before we do, we've had David text in from Western Australia. Would you like to share, um, David Maxwell, <laughs> would you like yeah. to share what David's uh, uh, been messaging us? Yes, yes, David has shared, and, and thank you very much for texting in, David. Uh, he's up very early in Western Australia this morning and texting in live, and he's talking about how his life before and after becoming a Christian uh, and a Seventh-day Adventist Christian was quite different and how he was, he was challenged uh, by different issues uh, after becoming a Seventh-day Adventist, and one of those was his work. Uh, and and not only was he sort of challenged by other um, friends and family members, he he was challenged by work, and he didn't think he had very much work. And God has blessed him because of the stand he's taken on the Sabbath, and has given him more work. And I think that's fabulous that God does do that. So uh, thank you, David, for texting that in. Mm. So uh, we were looking at this, uh, I guess, bleak outlook on life that um, the passage that we read, uh, but uh, it seemed pretty hopeless. But 
Um, I'm sure you've got more to say about that. We're not going to we're gonna, not going to leave our listeners in a state of hopelessness, David. <laughs> no, we are not. <laughs> well, like I said from the start, many people have a very positive outlook on life, but many others don't. And mm. you may have even experienced that in your own life as well. Your background, belief system, or upbringing it can have a big part in shaping your worldview. But um, this is viewing life from man's point of view, which, what, we, as we know, is not always showing us the full picture. God sees everything we only see a small part of that god knows infinitely more than we do and he's got a very different view of life here on earth as we've seen in a previous program when god finished creating everything on the earth he casts his eye if you like over it and he says in genesis 1 31 this is very good so he's finished the creation and he's very very pleased with what he's made everything's perfect nature is perfect mankind is perfect and it's all fully aligned with god the future looks promising for us and uh, and hopeful for this beautiful and wonderful creation that he's made god's created mankind to live forever i just want you to think about that for a moment we weren't created to die God created us to live forever. That's why in Ecclesiastes, although all that sadness that you hear through King Solomon's speaking and thinking, he he notes that very important thing. God has put eternity in their hearts. And it's why, as I said earlier, we have this this strong will to desire to live, this strong will to live, sorry, a desire to live longer than we do, to Mm. keep on living. Some call it our survival instinct. It's very, very strong, and you'll see it in people who are struggling to hold on to life in the hospital or or, or are suffering through a terminal illness. They don't want to let go of what they've got because God never created us to die. He wanted us to live longer. Yet just a few chapters later in Genesis, though many hundreds of years have passed, some 1,400 years have passed, God comments that it was all very bad. It's amazing how quickly it goes from very good to very bad once sin came into the world. Mm. The Bible actually says it like this, the Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. That's that's a pretty sad statement. Yet God's desire is to save, not destroy. And we forget this when we look at that global flood. We think, look at all the people God destroyed. But God was washing away all that wickedness and evil. And he allowed the world to start again, to have another chance, if you like. And he chooses Noah and his family because Noah and his family are faithful. And he allows the world to be repopulated through that family and allows then the world to go on through subsequent generations right down to our time today. Um, And this is because he deeply loves the creation that he made. He didn't want to completely obliterate it. He wanted to get rid of all that terrible uh, evil and wickedness, and he wanted them to start again. Let's give it another chance, he says. And he preserves it until just the right time when he could put his plan into action and save all of the human race, including those who wanted to side with him. When I was young, I remember... Mum trying to teach us the value of telling the truth. Your mum might have said something similar, Jason. I remember her teaching me the Bible verse that said, Be sure your sins will find you out. Mm, I remember that one. (laughs) Ever heard that? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Meaning you'll eventually get caught if you do the wrong thing. Given enough time, basically, the truth comes out. You Mm. see this in, in the news. You see it in murder cases. You see it in cold cases. And, for example, you see it 
in even what's happening in Ukraine at present. Now, I don't want to take sides, but Russia's original narrative is starting to wear a little thin. Mm. The world is seeing the war for what it is. It's a land grab by Russia. I think we're pretty um, naive if we don't see that. <clears throat> but that's my opinion. So too, when, when we look at the global flood of, flood of Genesis 7 and 8, um, some and many people see it as the vengeful act of a violent God. You don't obey me, boom, I'll wipe you out. But as time has unfolded down through the ages, we actually get time to see God's grace to mankind and how much he really loves us. As we've already explained previously, we see this clearly in just a few verses. We've talked about this in previous programs. John three fourteen to 17, talking about well, John three sixteen. people know that verse, but the verses around it tell us that Jesus willingly came to pay the price for man's guilt and sin, and anyone, anyone who wants to be saved today can be. 2 Corinthians 5.21, we've talked about that verse before. It explains that Jesus does this, how he does it, by becoming sin for us. So not only does he take our sin away, he takes it as if it's his. That's a huge difference. I explained that as well. That made a big difference to my life when I saw that Jesus didn't just take away my sin and you know put it in the basket over there. He, he takes the sin and puts it on Jesus, and Jesus then pays the penalty that I should have paid for. And that changed my opinion about sinning and how I should sin or how I should behave. Second Peter 3.9, it says that, you know, we, we look at earth going on forever and going on for so long and people forget that God was in control at the beginning and he's still in control now. It's going on for so long, Peter says, because God is not willing that any should perish. Um, in Ezekiel uh, 18, 23 and 32. Ezekiel 18 is a powerful chapter because it tells us about responsibility and who pays for what, but it also reiterates twice in the same chapter that God is not willing that any should perish. He has no pleasure at all in the death of the wicked. That's what it says, and it says it twice, halfway through the chapter and at the end of the chapter. I have no pleasure in the death of the one who dies, says the Lord. So turn and live. And you hear God pleading through these verses. You know, what, what are you choosing death for? I can give you life. Um, and, and we've talked about life and death in the past as well. So this, this is really important when I see that God's desire is that everyone, everyone should live. And the unfortunate thing is not everyone chooses to live. Mm. Some say, I don't want part of that. Mm. You know? it's, um, it's amazing, isn't it, that... Um you know, God sees things differently to the way we do. I think we've talked about this before, haven't we, David? That uh, we have. We God have. can see things that we can't see. He sees uh, different things in our lives. He values us differently to the way we value uh, things as well. He really does. He, he he values so much of us. He values us so highly, each one of us individually. So if you're today feeling depressed, lonely, sad, nobody cares, God cares. God cares, and he's reaching out to every single person who's listening, those who might hear this later on a recording. God cares for you, and if nobody else is listening to you, close your eyes and pray to God and ask him to help because he cares, and he wants to change your life. 
We've got another listener who's texted in with uh, a little uh, sharing here. It's quite a long message, but um, I'll compact it a little bit. This is from Margie. She says, I grew up always knowing God in our lives, but not how to live the life or about God's character. When I became an adult, I visited many churches, but never heard the word in detail as I have since becoming an Adventist four years ago. In fact, I've learned so very much more about the Bible, God, and the prophecies. I feel I missed out on so much as I grew up. At almost 70 years old now, I'm making sure I get more and more God knowledge, and a lot of it from Faith FM, the only media I want to listen to nowadays. <laughs> so I'd like to thank you both and all the people who participate in Faith FM for giving me this freedom. God bless you all. Well, Thanks, may God Margie. bless you, Margie, as uh, you also take... God's word to other people as well mm. in your life, those those mm. around you. Our free book offer today, Steps to Personal Revival, Being Filled with the Holy Spirit by Helmut Halbeel. In this inspiring book, Helmut answers some important questions like, is there a spiritual cause to our problems? Is the cause a lack of the Holy Spirit? How can we grow to be happy and strong Christians? And much, much more. In his in-depth exploration, it sheds light on the root of our problems and illustrates how they can be remedied with God's help. It shows how we can pray for the Holy Spirit so that we have the assurance that we have received him. Mm. We're going to give you the code right after the break, and this is May My Life Be uh, by David Bilbro. May my life declare the honor of your name. Reveal the heart of Christ who came to light the darkest place with sacrificial love Course me, Lord To reach out in the Father's name To glorify the Lamb once To light the darkest place With sacrificial love Jesus Christ is King for the glory of God. May my life declare the honor of your name. Reveal the heart of Christ to King to light the darkest place with sacrificial love. me, Lord, to reach out in the Father's name, to glorify the Lamb once slain, to light the darkest place with sacrificial love. Teach me, Lord, to make my life as an To tell the world that Jesus Christ is King For the glory of God Teach me, Lord 
You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're finishing up our program today with David Maxwell on the topic of A Better Life Forever. Now, before the break, we talked about our free book giveaway today, Steps to Personal Revival, Being Filled with the Holy Spirit. We'd love you to be able to claim a copy of this book today. The code to claim this is REFLECT14. So that's R-E-F-L-E-C-T-1-4. No spaces. Text that into 0488 891. That's 0488-884-880-891. Reflect 14 is the code for today. So before the break, David, we were talking about how God values us and uh, how he sees us differently to the way we see us. And he was willing to die in our place so we could have his life. Mm. Um, how would you like to round this topic up today? Mm, thanks, Jason. Look, as I've explained so far, mankind's view on life is very narrow. And as we often only see this life um, and we don't see you know, what's happening after, really, when you look at the life we live today, it's, it's so short. Even in biblical terms, we look at before the flood and briefly after the flood, they lived in terms of hundreds of years, whereas we only live... A relatively short 70 to 90 years now. Most people might say, hey, you know, that's not a bad thing because who would want to live hundreds of years with pain and suffering and all of that? So I understand that. But most see this short life as a good thing. Um, there's much struggle and pain and suffering associated even with those, those short 70 to 90 years. But God views it quite differently. And he loans us his life for this time here. Because he values us so much, he wants us to live better in this life. We looked at that last week. But he also wants something far better for us beyond this life. Uh, I remember seeing an illustration once, and, and I want you to imagine as you're listening here, a large rope that's over 100 metres long, and it's coiled on an oval. And at the end of that rope, so it's coiled and you don't see the end of it. You can't see one end of the rope. But on this end at the top, it's coiled up on the oval and you can see the top end. And it has a piece of tape over the end. So you may have seen that because it stops it from fraying. Now that piece of tape only covers a few centimetres of the big long rope. I'd like to suggest that when you look at this as a parable, a spiritual parable, that that short tape on the end of that 100-metre rope represents our short life here on earth. You can see it in your mind's eye, then, that life is intended to be much longer as you imagine the rest of that rope. You know, uh, it's coiled there and you can't see the end of it. God wants us to look beyond this short piece of tape at the end of the rope. 
You know, we get all bent out of shape about these 70 to 90 years and what happens in it. But God's view on our life is so much different. This little taped up piece of the rope represents the preparation he is making for us for the rest of our life, for the rest of that 100 metre rope. Mm. You know, and, and the only difference spiritually is there's no end to that rope. Mm. You know, that, that's the amazing thing. Go on, Jason. I've got a friend who um, revealed this, I guess, moment where he, he realised that, you know, we spend so much time in our life focusing on, on achievements and things of this world, this life, and it dawned on him one day as he was studying scripture that that this life is just the preparation for you know eternity mm. and so how much more important is it for us to be thinking about the eternal life than what happens in this life you know in terms of gaining wealth and success and all that sort of stuff we really need to be focusing on you know what comes after that's exactly right yeah. you know and god has done everything possible for us in this life that we might be able to access that more abundant life he promises us. Mm. So this is in Jesus' own words in John 10.10, I've come. This is the reason he comes, that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. It's more than just how we live this life. Yes, Jesus wants us to be free from physical and emotional pain. He wants us to be free from those physical and emotional bonds. But he came to give us so much more. And this this is Paul's dilemma as he's saying, did Jesus rise again? This is what Paul is talking about in that verse that we read earlier. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you're still in your sins. In that case, all who've died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone else in the world. But as you correctly said, Jason, earlier, the flip side to that is, the, the fact is he did rise from mm, the dead. Mm. He did rise. He lived a perfect life. He died. Then he rose again. He conquered death for all mankind so that we could access his eternal life. So the life he gives us goes on longer than 100 meters. It goes on forever. And when, and, and when our session resumes next week, I want to look more at this, um, at what that life looks like um, for the future. But unfortunately, we need to finish now. <laughs> So I'll bring you back to the opening illustration, all of the quotes of life and the importance of living positively. Of all of those, I like Mother Teresa's the best. She says, life is an opportunity. You remember how she lived very, very humbly and for others benefit from it. She says, life is beauty. Admire it. Life is a dream. Realize it. And she was right. This life is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to take hold of the gift God has offered us through getting to share in his eternal life. We're separated from God through Adam's sin, but through Jesus' sacrifice, when he took our punishment, through his resurrection, we can be assured of that eternal life. And my question to everyone today is, will you take a hold of this abundant life, both now to live better and forever? When we do, we reflect it to others. We display in this present life a life that's filled with hope and promise, regardless of what's happening around us and how depressing it might be. I can live with hope and promise. And that is hard for people to resist when we reflect Jesus like that. Mm. We can live such a more uh, positive life when we realise and we have that vision and that hope of what's coming afterwards. Mm. And uh, as we... 
discovered, I guess, during this program, we, we can, uh, you know, be quite despondent and despairing in life if we don't have that hope. But with that hope, it actually changes our life right now mm. and gives us that uh, that hope for uh, an eternity of a wonderful life with spent with God. Mm. I'm looking forward to that, David. I, I hope you are too. Yeah, I certainly am. <laughs> and I hope our listeners are. So next week's program is right on that topic, an eternity mm. to hope for. And I think you've uh, described a little bit about that. Is there any more you want to say about that? Yeah, just uh, the, the, the eternity to hope for. We want to outline what that looks for. Yes, God wants a better life for us now, and that is meaningful for me now. But he also has something that we can look forward to and hang our hopes on when he returns. And it's a program of promise that you don't want to miss, don't mm. want to miss next week. Tomorrow we've got Libby Hergenen joining us. Now this program was meant to play last week. It's a pre-recorded program. It's a great uh, message that she's got to do with health. Does health matter? Um, so I do apologise when you hear that. It was meant to be played last week, but uh, due to a mistake, um, it did not go to air last week. So that's happening tomorrow, Does Health Matter, with Libby Hergen. And remember the code for today, Steps to Personal Revival, our free book offer, Reflect 14. Text that into to 0488-880-891. So wherever you are, thanks for joining us today. We hope that you have a great day and that God is with you today. And as we go out, this is Don't Forget His Love by Ellie Holcomb. Praise the Lord, O my soul, O and all my inmost being. Praise the Lord, O my soul, don't forget His love, who forgives all of your sins. Praise the Lord.